Hey guys, welcome to the Improvement Podcast, where the mission is to help young men develop their character, identity, and mindset in order to activate their potential and achieve their goals in life. And so for today's episode of Improvement, we have on another special guest. His name is David Chambers. He is a podcaster and a dating and intimacy coach. Thank you for coming to the show, David. Thank you for having me, Kanami. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And so just to uh, give the listeners a little bit of information about you and your background, could you kind of tell them your story and how you got into what you do now? Yeah. Yeah, man, that's quite a story. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'll give you the reasonably abridged version. Let's see what comes, you know, see what comes up today. All right. Way back, probably, you know, 12 or 13 years ago, like many a man in his 20s, you know, I'm 37 now, so probably about 24, 25. I was a bit frustrated with my dating life. Mm-hmm. I wasn't meeting the sort of women, the sort of quality of woman I wanted to meet. You know, at this point in my life, I had, you know, traveled a bit. I'd been across Asia, seen parts of China and Russia and all sorts of things like that. And I'd come back and traveled through Europe a little bit. And I was establishing myself in my career, my, my former career in tech. And I wanted to meet women who wanted to experience life, not just experience the bar, the club, the handbag shop, the shoe shop, but to experience what life has, you know, the culture, the food, the experiences, the things that, you know, as a young black man in London, I didn't know there was to experience, you know, I wanted mm-hmm. to experience those things and not just because of the cost of them, because I want, I'm hungry for experience to live, to experience this beautiful thing we call life. And I was struggling to meet women like that. You know, I was going to the bars and clubs like a lot of guys, and I wasn't meeting women who really made me think, yeah, I really, I really enjoy speaking to you, how your mind works, where you want to go with your life, your, your ambition, you know, what you're up to. So I picked up a book, like many men, called The Game, and then I read that. And a few kind of months later, through a coincidence of me going to a free workshop and doing a boot camp, I was teaching men how to meet women. And I could see a lot of the, the coaches around me were using scripts and like canned stories and lines. And that didn't really fit with my personality. You know, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a very in the moment person. I like to be playful and fun. So I was just, you know, having a good time in the bars and clubs, meeting people. And I was meeting women. I was meeting more women. And I was meeting, you know, probably better women as well. And also like in the day streets and stuff like that, all that kind of jazz. And then I got really disillusioned with that world because a lot of the guys I was meeting and coaching at the time, I could feel they didn't like women. They didn't have a deep love, a deep respect and reverence for women. They just wanted to take what they could from women. They wanted to take sex. They wanted to take, you know, whatever they could, you know. They just hmm. wanted them for the experience and then to throw them away. And that didn't really resonate with me, you know, because that's, for me, that felt like disingenuous and it wasn't loving and kind. You know, it wasn't the way I wanted to treat a woman. So I stopped doing that and I continued to live and work and travel and do various, you know, self-development, self-improvement work. I did some, um, a lot of traveling, a lot of reading and started to develop and understand my, my, why I was the way I was. Why did I think the way that I thought? Why did, why did I not do certain things? Why was I scared of certain things? And then it came back a lot to, you know, often, you know, things that happened in my childhood, things that happened with my parents and the stories I was telling myself. And then I went off uh, again for a couple of years, traveled. I did some plant medicine. I broke up with a long-term girlfriend and, I realized that the biggest problem I was facing was that I was unable to truly express my emotions for the woman I was with. I was fun and I was engaging. I was interesting, you know, and I had stories and all these things, but like at the deepest level, I couldn't express love in the way that I wanted to, that could, 
you know, I felt scared, you know, commitment was always a problem for me. So I really delved into the, that sort of emotional work and how we can men and start to express our emotions and connect with our own emotions and start to move that fear around doing that. And then I started to see that, you know, I created the podcast with a friend of mine who used to run it together and now run it alone. And then we started to teach this and I started to teach this, you know, I just started to speak and, you know, people came and said, Hey, can you coach me? I'm like, yeah, I can coach you. And then I started to coach people more. I got a coaching qualification, which I'm just finishing off at the moment. And I'm just, you know, bringing in my experience, bringing in the things I've seen that work, bringing in some of the healing modalities using, you know, some tantric practices that I've been learning over the last few years. So just like bringing all those different things into really helping men evolve into the men they desire to be more connected, more loving, being able to be more intimate. I'm sure that a lot of men could actually relate to your story uh, for those guys that aren't getting those results that they want. And they start to look at different means to, to get that in, whether it be like YouTube or books or anything like that. And you can kind of come across this stuff, like what you mentioned, what I'm assuming is like the pickup artist type of stuff where you don't necessarily learn how to do the inner work to make yourself that desirable person, but you learn tricks to kind of make it seem like you're that person to kind of act the part and not be the part. And that's kind of what I guess popped into my mind whenever you said that. And something that was interesting to me about uh, how you relayed your experience talking to those men was that you mentioned that uh, you said they didn't really have like a genuine love for for women or like for that companionship, but it seemed like they were doing it to like get like an end, like whether it was sex or whatever else. Could you kind of dive into that a little bit and maybe from your perspective, explain what you think the, the root was behind that's where they, you think they didn't give them that like respect? Mm. Yeah, I think it's really multifaceted. I see it now in my coaching um, is that it comes from a few things. I'm just going to say them as they kind of come to me, I guess. One of them is, is often if you have been rejected by women a lot at some point in your life, which every man has been, right? You've been rejected from women. Maybe you were in your teens and early twenties and women didn't want to date you. Maybe, you know, you weren't the cool guy or you didn't have the big muscles or you weren't a footballer or, you know, you weren't, you know, playing soccer, you weren't playing the sport, you know, you weren't that sort of guy. And then you learn how to talk to women and you can start to have sex and they start getting interested in you. If there's part of you that's resentful of women, you still see women as this kind of collective being that all think and do the same. You want to probably often men want to take revenge. They want to be like, I want to, I'm still angry about that. They're still holding on to that anger that they, they, they built up from the resentment from being rejected. So there was some of the guys there. Definitely. There's definitely some men who just had really bad relationship with their mothers. You know, if I'm honest, that's a big one. Not having you know, a loving, caring relationship for your mother often can mean, because that's the first person you see as a woman. It's the first woman you encounter in your life. So if you have a, a deep hatred or you have an absence, you know, of a mother, then that can cause the same thing of like hating women and so forth. And then another one of it can be very cultural. Like if you've grown up being told that women are lesser than, which to be honest, look, we live in patriarchal society, right? A deeply patriarchal society, which I often call what I call immature masculine, right? Because it's immature masculinity, right? There's what I like to call mas like mature masculinity, which we don't have enough of in society. And there's immature masculinity, which is basically the patriarchy. It's all about controlling the feminine. It's about suppressing emotions. It's judgmental, it's crit critical, you know? It's um, all about ownership and control. This very 
immature things. Whereas when you move up to the, the mature masculine, it's like mature masculine is, is devoted to the feminine, will worship the feminine. You know, it's humble, is, is generous, is interdependent, you know, things like that. But so often, so if a man comes from a culture where women are belittled and women are pushed down or women are seen as lesser than, when he goes into his adulthood or starts to get into adulthood, he will then treat women in that way because that's how he's been shown that women should be treated. And the truth is, is that, you know, many cultures do that, if not all cultures to a certain more or lesser degree. And I've just seen these things, commonalities amongst men. And it's not always their fault. So I like to say that it's not their fault to a certain degree, right? Because they've just grown up and been told these messages, right? And they decide these things, but it is our responsibility to sort this out. It's our responsibility to, to rectify this in ourselves, especially, and also in the world around us. So yeah, that's why I see that this, this love and respect, and it's definitely something that can be nurtured when you start to shift your relationship with women. And a lot of it is about, you know, it comes back to yourself and, you know, how you treat yourself, um, how you nurture yourself, I like to always talk about um, kind of masculine feminine dynamics because we have these energies running inside us, these masculine feminine energies. And an important thing for a lot of men is to, to nurture our own feminine, you know, that part of us that has emotions, that part of us that needs to be held, a part of us is gentle, a part of us is spontaneous, you know, and creative is to nurture that in ourselves through various practices because otherwise we become these ultra masculine often quite toxic often immature beings because we've never learned to nurture ourselves and mature into into powerful men you mentioned two terms that kind of popped up uh i guess that stuck in my mind anyway and it was the mature masculinity and immature masculinity and something that kind of made me think about is the talks about toxic masculinity and what that is and like what it isn't and there's a popular uh I guess you could say argument that's made by, by a lot of people where they say that there's no such thing as toxic masculinity. It's masculinity and people that aren't masculine don't have a good idea what it is. And I feel like this is kind of similar to that because in a way I can see the point that's made because a lot of stuff that I guess you would consider that would be considered toxic, or I guess, you know, the term that you gave immature it seems like it's from guys not really having a good idea of what masculinity is. And it seems like it's more like the, the showing type of stuff, the things that aren't really like something that's basically like having a strong internal masculine identity. It seems as though whenever people are using those immature tactics, or I guess those toxic tactics, it's more so to like prove their masculinity to other men or even to women. So I thought it was, was interesting that you brought that up. And then something that was really interesting that I heard you mention that kind of perked my ears is when you're talking about the dynamics between men and women and going from being like on the misogynistic end to where guys might not see women as the same as them to where you, you mentioned one word that specifically stuck out to me and it was like worship. And so when you say that, do you mean like to where women should be seen as like superior to men or do you mean, do you mean it just in like a, like a respecting way, or I guess if, if that kind of makes sense, yeah 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 totally when i say you know worshiping the feminine you know, this is you know worshiping what's feminine in the world but also in us like the earth is is feminine it grows it gives us life it gives us you know essence it gives us um food it gives us water it keeps us alive and if you look how do we treat the earth right mm -hmm. we we rape we pillage we take we dig we destroy 
how do we treat women in general across the world in the same way we treat the earth right so there, there there's that part right now when i say worship now i don't believe that women are better than men and men are better than women i think there we 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 we're not the same, but we are equal completely. In mm-hmm. the same way, if you are a mature feminine woman, you can worship the masculine because you see this beauty, divinity, and love, and and a greatness in it. Right? I can look at my my woman, my my partner, and I can be like, she is a, she is a, she is my goddess. She is amazing. She's a queen. The things she can do, you know. She looks at me in the same way. We are, okay. we are equals. You know, we are equals. We are powerful equal beings. And I think that what's lacking a lot is looking at women and being like, wow, they're amazing. You know, I can, Mm -hmm. you know, really bow down. Now, people hear the term bow down and they're like, oh, that's, that means that I'm, you know, on the floor and they're above me. And it's like, no, a king will bow down to his queen and a queen will bow down to her king. It doesn't make them better than each other, but they're able to look at each other and see the greatness in them and see that greatness and be like, wow, yes, I see you. You know, uh, but it, only, okay. it really takes for us to be if you don't have that kind of strong sense of who you are a strong masculine core when i say masculine i want to just say that there's not way one way that masculinity is right there's a wonderful book mm-hmm. by a guy called jj bodda is a, a british author it's called uh, face off and in the book he talks about masculinities and how masculinity has many different faces you know different cultures is different you know like i've been to countries like say india masculinity in india is a bit different to how it is in the uk and how it is in italy you know 20 years ago men in italy used to carry handbags and we would have seen that in the uk and gone oh why are these men carrying handbags that's a bit weird now everyone's right. carrying handbags right right and the point is is that if i my masculinity is mine it isn't me being like power over you know where it's like me to prove my masculinity is like i have to hit you and then i'm i'm the bigger man I'm a man and I can see you're a man and I can see you're a powerful man and I am a powerful man and we can stand and we can look at each other and there's need, there's no competition, right? There's mm-hmm. only competition if I think I'm lesser and then I need to prove that I'm not lesser, right? Right. And this is, this is what we see a lot with, with men and masculinity is it's very much based upon, there's a lot of fear, right? When I say this immature masculine, the, the one thing you'll see in all those traits is there's is a lot of fear, right? Right. If, yeah, if you need to be, fiercely independent mostly that's because you feel like you can't trust people you can't trust the world you know if you're really judgmental of people because you can't you know love yourself and you can't love other people you need to find fault and problem you know and these are a lot of the traits that we see a lot around us in the men that we see and, and women you know these traits are also in women like i said it's an energetic thing it's not a men are masculine women are feminine we we all have this both you know as, as men we have a feminine we have a feminine side to us which is important to, to nurture but there's there is just my i always say when we talk about toxic mas- toxic masculinity the thing that's missing in to- when it comes to masculinity when it's toxic masculinity is a lack of love a lack of love for self and a lack of love for others you know like if we look at say rape culture right i think i feel like that's just popped into my head this idea that you know women are just tokens to be done with as we please or you know judging women based on what they they're wearing and if they're not wearing much clothes then they are you know these are words that people also use is like they're whores there's hope they're hoes or you know sluts or whatever right 
Now, what, what does that scream of to you? A lack of love for women, a lack of love for the people we're interacting with, right? Well, to chime and in I on was, that, if yeah. I could just chime in really quick, guys, before we moved yeah, off of yeah. that, I would say another thing that kind of pops into my mind is that it also kind of screams a lack of uh, accountability on the men's side, I would say, because if people can make the excuse of, oh, well, what were you wearing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and that absolves the man of his responsibility to be able to control his urges and to be the type of man that can attract that type of attention as opposed to having to take it. I think that's something that should be mentioned as well. I just kind of wanted to throw that in too, uh, mm -hmm. just, just in case, but. No, no, because that's, you know, lack of accountability is a lack of love for each other, right? As men, you know, if you hear your brother saying these sorts of terms and derogatory terms about women, in twofold, you've got love for him. So you want to help him be better, right? So that's love. And you say, dude, that's not how to treat, that's not how to talk to women, treat women and think about them. But equally in that, in those words you're saying there, that's also a love for women you have because you have a respect and a reverence for them, right? And this is what is often lacking in toxic masculinity, right? Is love. It's just, you know, it's a wider sense of love, but that's what's really lacking is love. What's behind a lot of toxic masculinity is fear. Actually, it's behind nearly all of it is fear. And I think that's the thing that we are not always facing in ourselves, which is a very important part of our own development, right? Is facing our fears and moving through them. So I guess it pretty much simplifies to the immature masculinity or, or I guess the quote unquote toxic masculinity is really just from people not being masculine enough to be sure of themselves and fearing that their masculinity is at risk. You kind of sum it up to that, right? would you agree yeah, you can and i say it's just that there's a lack of there's a lack of love in their actions you know love, lack of love in their life and in themselves and for the people in the world and what i would say and that's, that's why i kind of group it into kind of mature and immature because it's just like these are immature behaviors these are fear-based immature behaviors right mm -hmm. they are being on being exhibited and if you just look around the world and you start seeing how our leaders are work how acting or you see men who act like so maybe you go into a gym and everyone is like posturing and and trying to look good because what's behind their actions their fear is that they're not enough their fear is that they're not good their fear is that they don't look good so why they do actions to make it look like they are to you know or they they have to do actions to hold on to what they have because they fear they may lose it okay and something that i think would also help me too with understanding your point of view is if you could kind of tie in the love portion too. And so you mentioned how also part of it is that lack of love. And so you talked about, it could be within themselves and I can definitely see that where somebody might not be accepting of themselves, but could you also kind of elaborate on how that love uh, affects other people? I guess that lack of love for others goes into that same thing you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So if we look at something like greed, you mm -hmm. know, maybe the way in which you, Let's, let's tie this back to, to maybe um, dating, for instance, right? So say, for instance, uh, we're acting from a place of this, this immatureness, right? We're dating somebody and they want to do stuff, right? They want to talk to friends and stuff like that. And then we start going, well, you can't talk to any other men. I don't want you to talk to other men, for instance, right? Become controlling, right? You shouldn't uh -huh. talk to other men. That's disrespectful to me. What's inside that? That's... That's not enough love for yourself and care for yourself, right? You're not having enough love for this person. Also, you're lacking trust, right? And you're seeing yourself as separate. You're seeing that there's a lot of things to be afraid of, right? Ah, uh, you know, maybe the thought is if she has uh, male friends, then, you know, you won't be good enough and she will leave you for it, right? 
And it's like when we can't connect to our own internal self-love that's there, right? The love inside us, the, the let us know that we are not lacking, right? We are not empty, right? We have plenty, right? Is, is where this comes in. And also, if you look at it from a point of view, also of say how, you know, back to, we're talking about rape culture, for instance, is like, if you are going to talk of a woman or women in such a way, in such a geography way, is that showing that you have love for other people? for women, you know, you might have sisters, aunties and mothers, you know, these are, if you're going to talk about women a certain way, do, are you showing that you have a love for, for women as a, as a kind of general term or love for the woman that you're talking for, right? And you can love someone you don't know, you know, I have love for you as a, as a man, as a human being on this earth who is trying to do his best, enjoy his life. Like I hear, I see that and I'm like, I have love for that, right? right. So it's not a case is like, oh, romantic love. I don't, I don't know her, but it's like, you can have that sort of love for someone. But on the flip side, you know, when you don't have that, you can treat someone as an object, right? You forget that they have thoughts and feelings and a life and a future and all those things. So it's like, that's where I really see the, the lack of love coming in. Okay. And I understand that. And uh, one thing that I like to kind of add to the discussion is that everything that you say, it makes sense. But I think one thing that could be off-putting for a lot of people that are trying to receive the message is maybe the way it's packaged more so like with the name. And so when you initially said rape culture, immediately I was thinking, oh, wait, what are we talking about? And then when you kind of explained it, what we talked about made sense. But I would say at least from the way I personally interpreted it, it just seemed like calling it rape culture was kind of misleading because it seems like more so what the problem is, is maybe not just you know, people just seeing someone as an object and just saying, I'm going to go rape that person. But it seems as though it's more so of like, a, just pretty much what you said of not seeing them as, as an equal, or maybe like somewhere like a, a misogynistic type of thing. I, don't, I wouldn't say like, or at least if I package it, I wouldn't say rape because the thing is the majority of the sex that these guys are having is most likely consensual. And so that's the thing, even though they're, they might be looking at these women as objects, uh, I would imagine that majority of them are, are having consensual sex with these women that they think are objects. And so that's just kind of the thoughts that I had on it. No, 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 I definitely, I definitely agree with you. I definitely agree. Uh, I can definitely see that um, how I, it's just the term that come to me because I think inside of the, the rape culture is at the core of it is this, this thinking that women are lesser than there's an ownership, you know, but I definitely agree. Like I know, you know, most men are having very consensual sex, but they are still treating women as objects. They are still mm -hmm. looking at women as lesser than just as you said. And actually that actually handicaps their ability to deeply connect and find the sort of relationship that at a very deep level internally, what they really want is to be seen and to connect because if you don't see someone as equal to you, then your ability to open up, be you and connect with them is always going to be going to be tricky. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And like, as far as people that actually are raping people, I'm sure they probably do see them as an object in a way, because it's hard for me to imagine that somebody could see somebody as a, as a person, you know, with goals, their own personality, their own quirks and things like that, and be able to live with themselves after doing something like that. So I guess inherently that person would have to kind of view women as objects to be able to, I guess, bring themselves to, to do something like that. So I can definitely see what you're saying with that. And then the other point that you made about seeing women as equal to be able to make those connections and find partners. I, I definitely agree because the thing about it is that if you don't have that extra element of it, I guess you could say, 
to where you can see them as your equal to where you can have like a connection outside of of sex it really kind of gets to a point to where you kind of wonder really what is the point in even having relationships you could say if you know women are just going to be bodies then you know, no point ever getting married no point ever having girlfriends anything and that kind of gets into like you could say like the red pill ideology you know at least like on the on the dating side i'm sure that you've heard about this type of stuff with, with you being a dating coach but you know while they do make some good points i would say some stuff is logical uh, i think that's one of the main things that i think leads a lot of people astray it just seems very cynical to me how a lot of the content and not all of the people and it might not even be what red pill was intended to be but i've seen a lot of content creators create content to where they kind of push it as a way of saying push things in a way of saying that like women don't have free will in these different areas and like stuff is in their nature and that a woman can't decide you know even if that is her nature to go against it just like how a man can still exercise his autonomy to go against his nature it kind of it kind of seems like it's presented in that way where they don't have that ability but a man does like you could say people could say it's in our nature to want to have sex with multiple partners but we can uh exercise the discretion to not do that we have the autonomy to be able to go against what our urges what our i guess quote unquote nature might be but it seems like a lot of that content is presented in a way to where they don't give women that same autonomy and it ends up being somewhat misogynistic because it's like hey if if women can't go against this nature that you say that they have if all of them are going to do it then you know where, where do we go from there no that's a wonderful point really great point because ultimately when people talk about nature and go oh, this is our nature our nature is not to live in buildings our nature is not to create technology right because right. our nature was living in the bush in trees, in very small communes. So we're going against our nature every day, but that's called evolution. And as you say, like, you know, when you get into, you know, I've been into meditation for probably the last six or seven years, you start to realize a big part of maturing and evolving, right? Is to see our desires and urges and to learn to just see them and not always have to give into them, right? It's like babies just they have an urge, they want some food, they want the food, they cry for the food, they get the food, right? But as we right. mature and get older, we realize like, oh, I have an urge to eat all the chocolate that I can find. And we go, actually, I'm going to go against that urge because I know that's not good for me. Why? Because we are conscious beings. And I think a lot of the, the, the like you said, it's very cynical about, about women. Um, it just, simp it's, it's, a re it's reductive. It simplifies everything. It just says, oh, you know, and I've had a few clients come to me have gone through red pill and they're like, I, I want to stop thinking like this because I can see that this isn't helpful for me. I can see that this isn't how things are and they want to be more connected. They want to actually meet women. They want to connect with them instead of just thinking that, you know, all women just want men with money and big muscles and they're good looking because ultimately they've started to see that that's just, it's just untrue, right? It's, I have this big, my idea is this, right? I got this from one of my mentors. Your focus creates your reality. If all, if as a man, you think all women just want money, muscles, um, status, and nice shiny things, look at yourself. Are those the things that, that you think are important? Are those the things that you think life is about? Because if you do, if that's where you put your focus and that's where you put all your attention, then that's what you're gonna keep seeing. That's what you're gonna keep attracting to you. Like in, in my life, especially in the last five, 10 years, I mean, women who are like, I don't care what a man earns. I want a man who can feel 
what he's feeling, who is connected to a family, who's living with purpose, who can love deeply, you know, who can take me to experiences and feelings that I can't take myself. I want to be with a man who loves himself, who cares about the world and what's there. And these are pretty much all the women I meet now. Like, you know, I've got a partner now, but through the work that I do, I meet lots of women like this constantly, right? Why? Because that's what I see as being in my reality, right? When someone, you know, I don't see people are like, oh my God, I just want a man who can take, buy me a Ferrari and blah, blah, blah. I don't see that because that's not where I put my focus. That's not what my energy goes towards as a, as a person. So if you're a man and you're looking at his red pill stuff and you're like, this is, you know, this is the truth. There's some bitterness, there's some anger there that needs to be resolved and let go of and start to go, how can I evolve myself beyond this very level one, very immature looking at life? Like life's just about, it's a zero sum game, you know, mm-hmm. start moving into the, the deeper parts of life, like really getting into people who they are, not just what you see. Right. And, and I think that's the key. And then, you know, getting up into maybe into a more spiritual way of seeing life as, as this interconnected tapestry that we live in. So it's interesting how whenever your values shifted to a certain area and you start prioritizing certain things, how you start to find women that prioritize those things as well. Right. So let's say if somebody didn't want to be around women that were materialistic and only wanted guys with the big muscles and and the cars and all that, let's say a guy had his focus on his character development, being the best person he can be, his morals and all that, it's likely that he'll probably find somebody or or start attracting women that have similar morals. That's what you would say? Yeah. So you have to start putting your your focus, like you have to put your attention and focus on that. Like, okay, I want to... I want someone who is maybe into you know, self-improvement and self-development and reads and stuff like that. So when you put your focus on it, you're going to start reading. You might start going to certain events and you might hang out at certain bookshops. You might start going to different you know, things in the evening. You might stop going to the bar because you might have read and realized like, you know, man, going to the bar and drinking all the time, that's not good for my liver. That's not good for my body. That's not good for my consciousness. You know, right. I don't want to do that anymore. So where am I going to go in the evening? Okay, maybe I want to try things like meditation or I might go to a breath work or I might go to a meditation retreat instead of going on holiday I might go to yoga and you start to find yourself in these places but the, the key here is is you're not just going there to go there you have to be focused on these things like in your being in your life across different areas because then you will be drawn to the sort of person the sort of people that you want to resonate with and it could take a bit of time it could take you know it take, you know, a year or a couple of years. It won't just happen overnight. Like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, really connected. I want to do these things. And you do it for one week and go, well, it hasn't worked. I haven't met anybody. It takes time because it has to seep into your mind. It has to be part of who you are. So it's like, where is your focus? Where are you putting your attention? Because the th- problem is, is as human beings, it's a bit like one of my old clients was a ski instructor. Mm-hmm. He used to say to me, David, when I teach people to ski, I tell them, look where you want to go. Yeah. Look where you want to go. Don't look at the things you want to avoid. And I remember him telling me, I was like, yeah. He's like, because when you look at the things you you want to avoid, right, you crash into them. You crash headlong into them, right? Now look at where you want to go. Where do you want to go? Where? And that is where, and that, that is where you will be heading to, right? I'm not saying completely ignore the things you don't want, acknowledge them, you know, okay. I don't want someone who's, you know, superficial or whatever. Cool. But where do I want to go? 
and put your energy into that and your focus into that, not into avoiding the thing you don't want. And there's a subtle difference there, right? Like don't put your energy into avoiding the thing you don't want, put your energy into the thing you truly deeply desire and would really love to have. Hmm. So you get a lot more value from knowing what you want and guiding yourself in that direction, as opposed to looking at all the negative around you and saying what you don't want having that, I guess, that blueprint for what it is that you're looking for in a woman or what you want out of life and just solely focusing on that and cutting out the negative is really going to be the thing that gives you those results that you're looking for. Am I, am I gathering what you're saying? Yeah. The guys got to take a quick break, but, um, so we're on the same topic, but to kind of give you guys an idea of like what I was talking about, when you look at a lot of the, uh, the, uh, like the red pill content and stuff, it gives you a really good idea of what you don't want, the type of women that you should avoid. But one thing I'll say that's lacking in a lot of the content is that it doesn't actually give you like the blueprint or like a direction for how to find what you do want. A lot of the times the content is really good at uh, telling you, oh, what you need to do to be able to like have sex with a lot of women. But as far as like doing what you need to do and being in the places that you need to be to actually attract the women that you do want, I feel like the content is really lacking in that area. And so that, I guess that's kind of the basis I was going along when I was, when I was mentioning that to you, but it was really just reiterating what you were saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, exactly. It's, it tells you what the problem is or the perceived problem is. And also the problem is also your fear. And often it's the thing that men perceive that they're lacking in, right? Mm-hmm. It's like this this Red Pill stuff. And, and I haven't got that deep into it. I'm, a lot of it comes from, my knowledge comes from my clients and some of the events have happened. It's like, you know, all women just want men who are good looking, rich, um, and have status, right? Or, you know, big muscles and all that kind of thing. And you don't have that, do you? It's like, you don't have those things, yes. So you're fucked. <laughs> Sorry to use that language, <laughs> but it's just like, you can't do anything, right? But they don't say to you, actually, there, there are some women who, there are some women like that, right? There are some, I'm not going to lie, because you've got to bear in mind that, you know, when we, we talk about a lot of things, it's like women have the, the short straw because of the patriarchy system we have in. So women are thinking about the resources and marrying well and blah, blah, blah. But there are also loads of women, right? And this is, again, who want to actually be connected, to be a loving, caring man who they can journey through life with right but does the bread pill tell you how to to meet one of those sorts of women no because it doesn't it's not interested in helping you do that because you wouldn't need that content anymore right right and ultimately you know my experience of finding that sort of loving union i call it a union you know because when two souls come together two people come together and they are creating beauty in their lives. You know, there's love between them. They maybe have a family. You know, you've seen these couples, you may even know some, right? And you look at them, you're like, wow, they just love each other so much, you know? And you, you, your heart, and I'll say this, your heart looks at them and goes, I would love something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. you don't always admit it to yourself, right? Because of fear that you can never have that, right? But that's what you want. It, that the bread bill content doesn't tell you that, you know, that they tell you that's not possible, right? Because women are X, Y, and Z, but you've also seen things that are contrary to that. You've seen people, you know, right? You've seen relationships that go against that because the content ultimately is only partially true, right? The Red Bull content is partially true. So the thing is, is, is what's lacking is like, how can men emotionally mature, right? 
how could we get past our trauma and our our pain we've experienced in our lives that's been passed on to us from our parents right how can we connect deeply of ourselves create self-acceptance self-love right self-respect for ourselves as well and then how can we then connect to the people we meet right and all these things are not easy like it's not you know i say it just like that but it can take years to do it's taken me years and it's been not a lonely road because I've had a few friends join me on it but it hasn't been easy because I didn't have a guide I was just fumbling my way through and learning and doing things so it's all possible but the red pill content doesn't tell you that right because then you wouldn't need it you wouldn't go to the forums and you know hang around there and buy the books and go to the talks you know because all I see in red pill is pain I see men who are in pain men who want a solution men who have been offered and told a theory to why they're in pain and it just and it continue it can perpetuates their pain and their anger to be honest right and i also think part of it is men wanting attention from the wrong types of women as one one thing i'll say is that you know it's probably rare that a lot of these guys are going to meet women at yoga retreats or meditation retreats or anything like that most of the time it's probably going to be at bars and clubs and, you know, just based on where you're fishing, you know, you're going to catch certain types of fish, you know, certain types of people. I'm not going to generalize all people, but certain types of people are more, more prone to be in certain areas doing certain things, having different hobbies. And that's really just the fact of the matter. And to kind of go back to like what you mentioned about the ideology and with it like being partially true, I think one thing that everybody should uh, keep in mind is that you should never 100% be invested into any type of ideology, you know, like man-made ideology. Cause the thing about it is that there's going to be some sort of flaw uh, within it. If it's, if it's man-made, of course, you're not going to find something perfect. You can find things from different ideologies that of course are going to make sense. If none of it made sense, it wouldn't exist, but you should never just be that gung ho on something to where you're just fully devoted and you think nothing can deviate from these sets of rules that are in that ideology that you, that you uh, subscribe to. So I think that's definitely something important to bring up, too. And another question that I wanted to ask you, I know I'm, I'm kind of throwing out a lot of stuff right now, but <laughs> another question I wanted to ask you is what was the process like for you where uh, you had to sit down? And I guess since that content isn't really normally out there, but how did you sit down and figure out what it was exactly that you wanted from a partner? And the reason why I asked that is because I feel like a lot of guys that go into dating and everything and looking for girlfriends, future wives. Uh, you know, you have like your basics, but I feel like not a lot of guys really know themselves well enough to know what it is exactly that they would require from a partner. And how did you figure that out? Mm. Yeah, God, I was, for me, it was a lot of process of trial and error, being in relationships, experiencing the pain of a lot of conflict in relationship, experience a lot of my own um, emotional turmoil in relationships. And then having to learn that, oh, these are not the traits that I'm looking for in a woman, right? Like a mm -hmm. lot of guys, if you say to them, what do you want in a woman? They'll tell you what they want her to look like. Right. Yeah? Yeah. And as I always say to, to guys is, you know, so do you think a happy relationship is created by what two people look like? And they go, uh, well, oh, they say attraction's important. I said, I, I, yeah, it is important. But what someone looks like isn't about attraction. We think it's just about attraction, right? What someone looks like 
but attraction uh-huh. is about who someone is as well right? it's a large part of that like i think research has been done it's like over 70 percent of attraction is who someone is their personality so okay cool you wanted to look like x y and z cool who do you want her to be you know what do you want her to stand for and i think the thing is when you start asking these questions if you don't have an answer it's because you don't know about those things for you you know what's mm-hmm. valuable to you in life is family valuable to you is adventure valuable to you um is connection you know there's a lot of values out there but the question you know and i did this with numerous coaches over the years is you go what do i put my time into in life what do i put my time into you know you can say you know like with some of my coaching clients i'm like what did you do this week and then they reel off the things and they start going oh yeah i met with some friends and i'm like okay cool what did you talk about with those friends? And they're like, oh, we talked about old times. And I'm like, okay. So are those friends people you really like? Are they people you hang out with because you've known them for a long time? And they're like, oh, well, I guess, you know, we don't talk about much. I've known them for a long time. I was like, so is that like a level of comfortability? Okay, cool. So comfortability is important to you. And you start pulling out the values based on what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. That's the first start. So you know, maybe you like to go rafting. <laughs> you know, it's just popped into my head. So you like adventure or maybe part of your rafting is going with a group of friends or meeting new people. So then that's maybe connection and, you know, kinship and stuff like that. Maybe brotherhood, even if it's a group of men. And then we start to, I say, what values do you want to have? What values do you want to have in your life? And someone might go, oh, I want to have ambition. I want to have focus. Uh, I want to be abundant, you know, I want to be someone that holds people accountable and stuff like that and go, okay, where do they show up in your life? Are those values in your life? And if they're not in your life, then okay, what do you need to do to start bringing those into your life? Because once we start looking at what our own values are, then we have a bit of a clear idea what we want in someone else, right? You can see it too. Whenever it's something that's more prevalent in how you live your life, you can definitely see like, just to give you an example, let's say empathy is something that's important Mm -hmm. to you and something that you want in a partner due to the fact that that's something that is on your radar due to the fact that it's one of your core values, you're going to automatically see whenever you come across people that don't exercise empathy and it kind of helps you to be able to filter through those women that you might come across. Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly that. And that's a really, really well put. So it's like, you know, empathy is, I did some research for about 15, 25 guys a couple of years ago, guys in my community and kindness, compassion, and empathy with the three things that men wanted the most, the men that I spoke to, right? Ah. So empathy, you know, how can you spot someone who's empathetic? Well, maybe if you go on a date with someone and you go to a restaurant and they treat, they're rude to all the staff, then there's a lack of empathy, right? There's a lack of compassion there as well and a lack of kindness, all wrapped up into one. But if you didn't know that was your value, you might just go, hey, yeah, she did that, but, you know, I'm not too fussed about that. Oh, you know. Fair enough, that's just how she is, you know. Whereas if you know that's a value for you, you'll be like, okay, that's a red flag for me, you know, because that's a real big value of mine. You know, for me, that's also for me. It's like, you know, you know, compassion, empathy, and then even, you know, I don't know how to describe it, the words not coming to me, but it's just like a thirst for understanding, you know, wanting to know people is also, you know, for me, a curiosity. Curiosity is a big value for me. I want to know how who people are. So if I'm with dating someone. And they take no interest. They walk into maybe a restaurant they don't have been to and take no interest in the place. Or they're eating food from a, a culture that they've never been to, but they have no interest. They don't, they're not curious about the food, what's in it, or who cooked it, or where it's from, or what the country's like. 
for me, that's like, okay, cause you're not curious about the world. You're not curious about life. And that's deeply important to me. Now, where a lot of men are is that they're kind of in this stage where they're just like, I just want someone who's hot and, and, and is no drama, for instance, right? It's a thing mm-hmm. that come up a lot, no drama. Now, I understand that, right? No drama. But part of that wrapped up in that phrase of no drama is that as if you are completely independent of drama in your life, you know, like if you keep meeting people who have drama in their life, I guarantee you, either you like the drama because it makes you feel alive in some way, right? Or you have drama in your life, right? Like drama's never been really something that's attained, come to me in my life because equally I can deal with the Drama occurs when we can't just have straight conversation and we can't just say how we feel and that there's blow-ups and stuff like that. That's when drama kind of happens, right? So it's important to just be able to learn to be with our emotions and and talk in that way uh, like mature adults. Yeah, it, it all makes sense. And from what it sounds like to me, it seems as though one of the main things that's leading to a lot of guys maybe not getting those results that they want when it comes yeah. to dating is just because their identity isn't, isn't strong enough to get the results that they're looking for. You know, they might say that yeah. something like this is important to them, but they might not exhibit that in their own life, or they just might not have sat down and done the inner work to even really develop a, a strong identity outside of maybe their muscles or the money that they make or something like that. Hence why they're having those problems. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, back to masculinity, masculinity tells us that our power is in our production, how much money you make, you know, what you can do and blah, 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 not who you are. So we leave out the inner work. We leave out learning about ourselves, developing ourselves and caring about like, why do, you know, why does someone, why do I get angry when someone looks at me a certain way? We just say, oh, that's how, that's how it is. But actually that doesn't have to be that way. That's, that's the work, you know, you know, why do I struggle to, you know, show love or why do I struggle to um, say what I need or what I really want, you know, or ask for my needs to be met, things like that. It's like having, doing that inner work allows us to know ourselves better so that when we are out dating and relating, we can connect better, but we can also understand people and where they're at and have compassion because, you know, you start to realize that everyone's on this journey of life and we were raised by parents who didn't really know what they were doing. And we're also trying to muddle our way through not knowing what we're doing. And we won't be so quick to judge people and we'll be softer with people, we'll be more open. And then, you know, that really is something that I see that has to come in. Yeah, that's, that's great. And I think those are all really good points. And one thing I will say about it though, is that a lot of stuff that we talked about in this episode, those are the type of issues you could say come up once you're getting the attraction and all that once you're somewhat getting the results because i mean you can't really be unsatisfied with the type of women that like are, are in your life if you're not getting any at all and so the next question i would ask and to kind of wrap it up too since we're uh, getting low on time now is for those guys that are looking to try and make some sort of change so where they can get that attention that they want to be able to eventually start to have these questions and get into these sorts of discussions and issues what would you say to them as far as like building that confidence or uh, you could say that charisma or anything else to get their foot in the door? Yeah. You know, the answer, and it is the answer I work on, you know, I have clients that come to me the same thing. You know, I can't meet women. I don't know what to do. Women don't pay any attention to me and so forth. 
And I'd say that there's some inner stuff that I always recommend because that's the stuff that goes a long way, right? Mm -hmm. That's the stuff that lasts. Um, the first thing I say is start to create a life that you enjoy. Start to create a life you enjoy. Start being around people you enjoy. Start doing stuff you enjoy. Start being uh, an adventurer of your own life and going, okay, what am I interested in? What do I enjoy? And start, you know, being interested and in finding that out, right? Try stuff, try loads of stuff, then stop doing stuff, you know, face some of your fears, you know, that's the, the deep inner work because that will set you on a journey through life to creating a life you enjoy. And when you're enjoying life and you're happy with the life you have, or you are fleetingly happy or in and out happy and content with your life, you, your whole personality will evolve into meeting people will be more effortless. And I'd say the other, the other thing I say for some men is, you know, grooming is really important. Start to groom yourself. And this isn't about, you know, being good looking. This is something that every man should do more of. It's like, you are the way you are. So it's like, okay, are you healthy? Are you eating well? Are you exercising? Are you exercising your body? Are you putting good food into your body? Is your Have you got vitality? Um, are you wearing clothes that fit you? <laughs> you know, where are you wearing clothes that actually fit you well? You know, are you grooming your face you're looking after your skin you know this is all to do with the food the air quality the environments you find yourself in and then some of it's also emotional is like and this is maybe some more of the kind of inner work is like are you putting yourselves in environments that make you feel good you know are you facing fear are you creating challenge in your life so you're pushing yourself and you're growing and evolving like these are the kind of areas that, you know, I usually start with when a guy's like, oh, you know, I don't meet any women. And then also one of the big parts is, are you challenging your thought processes? Are you challenging these limiting beliefs that you have and starting to go, okay, I have a belief that no women want to talk to me. Cool. What would it be like if for one day I tried on the belief that, yes, women do want to talk to me. How would I walk through the world? You know, how would I operate and act in the world? And act like that for an hour, a day, of some minutes, and just try that feeling on and being that feeling and react to the world in that feeling. Because once we start trying on new beliefs, we can start to experience them. Because if we stick on our old beliefs, our limiting beliefs, we just, again, it's the focus. We keep seeing what we have experienced. Hmm. I like how you tied that back to the, the previous point you made, where if you stay in that negative thought process of, oh, I have no luck with women or something like that. That's going to keep manifesting itself where you're going to at least just always focus on the negativity that happens, all the, the rejections. But when you try and make that flip, like you were saying, to where you start to focus on the positive and you look at yourself from a, I guess, perspective of someone that, that can you know, have opportunities, then mm -hmm. things kind of change. That's what you're saying. That's, I guess that's probably going to be the biggest thing and uh, that and then building that life that you say that, that they deserve i mean well not deserve but want to live exactly exactly that it's you know it's where we put our energies when i put our focus is so important all right well that pretty much wraps it up and so would you like to share any information with the audience like to let them know where to find you and, and your content yeah, yeah yeah i could do most of my work through uh, instagram is probably the best place to find me uh, my handle is at the authentic man underscore. Um, the next best place probably to get me is probably my website. Um, you know, I've got a bunch of blogs on there. I should be probably doing some more in the near future. I have some events as well that I run reasonably regularly around, you know, dating, intimacy, um, relationships and so forth. Um, so you can find me there and that's www.theauthenticman.net. Okay. All right. Well, 
Thank you for coming on to the show, David. I really appreciate it. No, thank you, brother. Thank you for having me, man. All right, my pleasure. Take care.